and yet we've taught this is the latest gadget, whatever the gadget happens to be. I've gone into the video games, for instance, and asked you, I've asked you to think why, why on earth would games that were designed for the military establishment be so heavily funded, incredibly heavily funded by government institutions using your tax money to bring out more and more vicious games and to make children want to enter, to really want to enter a different world of reality. I'll be back with much more of this after the following messages. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through this matrix. It's very important we cut through now because we're going into it big time. And I have a feeling that once into it, most people will be just like the characters in the Matrix movie. They'll think that's real life. They won't know the difference. The transition won't be that gradual, gradual enough, but they'll actually go into it. And they're aiming at the young, as I say, always at the young. And in many of the writings put out by Aldo, Huxley, and others, they talked about creating a world. This wasn't Huxley's idea. He just worked for this establishment that planned this future. But he said that most people are unhappy, therefore we'll make them happy. We'll give them a type of, of big brother type society where everything's taken care of for them, and we'll use drugs and so on, and various scientific methods to control the people and keep them happy, keep them ordered. Because the greatest thing they fear at the bottom happens to be independent thinkers. They're not, they're not worried about weaponry because they have such high-tech weaponry at the top and chemical weaponry and various types of weaponry. They don't worry about uh, weapons at the bottom. Everything you have is obsolete. So, but they really, they really care about thoughts that can spread like wildfire. Uh, that's important. So they want to extinguish those with that fire inside them and bring everybody into a matrix-type society with the use of drugs and psychological techniques and advanced sciences. And here is where the games are going, the games. And this is from the Sunday Times to do with the virtual reality games. Now remember, as I say, everything that's given to the public went through the military establishments first. Anything that could be used to change or alter society in any way at all in culture is tried, tested, and approved, and when we get it, it's almost obsolete. They're on to the next phase. So this is the Sunday Times, November 25th, 2007, and it's in their news tech and web news gadgets and gaming uh, section. This is by Alex Pell and Christopher Goodwin. It says, think carefully before you answer. It's a device that is capable of reading people's minds, fact or fantasy. We knew you'd say that, but scientists at an American laboratory have been brainstorming the same question for more than five years and have come up with a mind-blowing different answer. They call it Epoch. But when it is launched early next year in Britain and the U.S., it will probably be known simply as the mind-reading helmet 
capable supposedly of knowing what users are thinking. The device is being hailed as a revolutionary breakthrough in the way that humans will be able to interact with computers. This is the interfacing, where they get everyone trained to go into the interface, but the young will adapt to it very quickly, and then the next bunch will go even further. Its implications are massive, opening the possibility that one day people will be able to control everything from light switches to the cursor on their computer screen by simply thinking about it. Yeah, but they don't tell you that you won't be programming it. Someone will be programming you. However, for now, the technology will be used as the ultimate gimmick to play computer games simply by thinking your screen characters into action. Emotive systems. Now, emotive refers to emotion, and there's more to this I'll go into later. The San Francisco company that has developed the technology says Project Epoch could mean the end of joysticks and keyboard bashing. Instead, game players will be able to visualize a move in their head that will move, and that move will be replicated on the screen in front of them. So, for example, Harry Potter could be ordered to cast exotic spells, or a Jedi might exert the force to fling his enemies around, all through the willpower of the gamer with no buttons pressed. And they go on and on to tell you uh, more about how this actually works. Since the fact that such an advanced system has been developed for something as apparently frivolous as computer games should come as no surprise. The industry is one of the most innovative and competitive, with each company attempting to move a step ahead of its rivals. That's nonsense. We'd all get the same technology at the same time at the top as given to them. And through cutting-edge technology, when it's the success of the Nintendo WII with its wireless computer or controller that reproduces physical movements on the screen and has resulted in a huge sales surge. The industry is also one of the biggest sales of computer games and handheld consoles have exploded over the past five years with some analysts predicting it could soon be bigger than Hollywood in terms of turnover. And they go on and on about the, the, the cost and the factors and so on. So how does a helmet work? In simple terms, it relies on the fact that every time a human thinks about something, electrical impulses are triggered in the brain. This has been known for years in the medical world and is the basis of an electrocephalogram, the EEG, the technique that measures the electrical activity of the brain by recording from electrodes placed on the scalp. Now, this is interesting because, you see, there's also another article came out at the same time. This one is using EEG uh, technology. Um, electroencephalographic technology. But what I mentioned about a month ago was that the Pentagon and the British uh, counterpart had also set up virtual worlds with every human being that's registered in these virtual worlds. And they're, they're gathering data on your personality. Now, here they're going a step further they'll get much, much more to get your brain pathways, etc., how you think as an individual, and that will be added to this virtual world, this matrix they're setting up, you see. And even though this one here is using EEG technology, there's another one coming out, which is using ultrasonic-type technology to go even further and try and record the pathways of your brain as well. Now, that's going into what they call engrams, engrams uh, or pathways uh, where your memories, etc., are stored. They want a virtual copy 
of you. That's what's coming. And this is what all of this is for. It's nothing to, to do with amusing little Johnny. It's about getting uh, to know little Johnny uh, better than he knows himself. And to create a duplicate world which one day people will, most people will all be in without knowing it eventually. It says here, Emotive claims to have refined the technique to isolate and identify the electrical patterns that are given off when humans think about a given course of action, such as moving their arm to the left or right or depressing the right thumb or index finger. Epoch Helmet recognizes these electrical patterns and translates them into real movements on the screen. Now that was done about eight months ago, if you remember, that DARPA, now DARPA is not there to help you. DARPA is a big part of the National Security Agency and uh, to do with Homeland Security. And they give a, a PR blurb out on the media when they said they'd put a chip in a paraplegic's brain that allowed him to send emails to people by simply thinking about it. So, so here you've got, there's no, there's no competition here. Everything's already done at the top and dished out to the ones down below. It says, to look at the helmet resembles nothing so much as a novelty head massage gadget with several spidery arms curving around the head and meeting at the top. The arms are fitted with a total of 16 sensors positioned so they're in contact with the relevant part of the head and pick up electric signals in the brain. The system's software analysis analyzes these signals and then wirelessly relays what it detects to a receiver plugged into the U.S. port, B-port of the game console or PC. Emotive says as mapped 12 specific actions that the helmet will recognize and can be reproduced in standard games. Now, you know that back in the 90s, in 95, I think it was, it was announced at all major media, definitely here in Canada, that all communication devices, all communication devices, phones, faxes, computers, and so on, had to be accessible at all times, be made to be so by the manufacturers, to be accessible at all times by the security agencies, your governmental security agencies. And there's no firewall sold to the public or any other gadget that will stop them having access. They're built that way with back doors in them. And you can bet, you can bet and take it to the bank as long as they're open, uh, that they're going to store all the data on a whole generation of children who are growing up and have a complete personality profile put into this, this matrix system they've already put up and built and have operating. And they'll know, as I say, little Johnny better than Johnny knows himself. Predictive programming indeed, because for total control in the world, everyone must be completely predictable, getting to know you indeed. So that's the world we're going into at a gallop, not by chance, not because they want to entertain you, not just for bucks at all, no. It's to control a society to do with control, an ongoing, never-ending journey where man is the material, the base material, which can be remade and remade and perfected, perfected and used as the masters see fit. That's what it's all about. Long, long-term agenda. It's interesting that 
that Huxley and others talked about this this coming world, and movies were made about it, where they, they showed you the interfacing in the Star Trek series, too, they had the Borg there, and from adults' points of view, the Borg were horrific creatures, robotic creatures in a spaceship they called the Hive. The Hive, by the way, has been used in the military to talk about the general public. All public locations where people live, habitat areas, are called hives in the military now, and they get documentation when their base, they're, they're in a, 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 an army base, uh, as to where to go in the hive general population for libraries and so on. And we'll be more, back with more of this after the following messages. through a matrix, a matrix which is surrounding us all the time, step by step, and one day people will think they wake up, they'll be in a different world, they won't notice it, most of them, because they've been brought up with the fantasy of it, and now they live the fantasy, thinking they're in a real world, and they'll do real jobs in a physical world, they could be doing something uh, rather nasty, like uh, cleaning out a barn or something. But uh, they'll think they're on the moon with James Bond and Skybreaker or something like that. Uh, that'll be the fantasy in their head. And as I was saying before the show, before the, the break there, uh, that this was shown, as I say, that the Borg mentality was shown in the, the Star Trek series. And they had the cyborg uh, characters as Borgs, where they had, they were part machine, but mainly human and they were all interconnected to a centralized queen or computer, a mind, and they called it the hive. The whole ship was called the hive. That's what they're bringing into play. Now, if they can map your psychomotor patterns for the uniqueness that is you, remember, they can then reverse that flow and command your brain to act in certain ways, and you will get up and walk, maybe walk to where they tell you to walk to, maybe walk into a police cell and sit down, and you won't even know you've done it. And that's where it's all going, you see, the controlled society. Quite something. And, and people will flow into this without even noticing. Most of them won't notice. Many will actually enjoy it because they enjoy entertainment, enjoy fantasy. And they won't be able to tell the difference anymore. They're almost at that stage today. Now, Huxley... Aldo Huxley in 1961 said, and it seems to me perfectly in the cards that will be within the next generation or so, a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them but will rather enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda, brainwashing, or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. That kind of ties in with a statement that Mr. Rockefeller made when he talked about coming catastrophes and so on. And when he was asked about the people, how will they behave? He says, they'll come to us. They'll come to us with perfect docility. Absolutely certain that they would. And no wonder, because we're all being drugged at the moment with all the spraying. 
and uh, we're getting dumbed down by a thousand different methods the general public are unaware of. Now, we've got Dan from California on the line. Are you there, Dan? Hello, hello. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Hey, Alex. Boy, it's great to talk to you. And, uh, you know, your subject is right on. I'm a video game developer from California. And uh, when I started at Atari uh, back in the 80s, we always used to joke because Atari was right across the street from Lockheed Missiles in Space. Coincidence, eh? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we made games like Missile Command and Battlezone. And we always used to joke that, you know, there was, there was a secret tunnel between Atari and Lockheed. And if anything ever happened, they just hooked these kids up to these games and the gamers would control, uh, you know these devices at Lockheed, you know? We thought it was a big joke. Yeah. So the last game that I worked on was Call of Duty 4, right? It's for the Xbox 360. It's one of the biggest games out there, uh, this Call of Duty game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just I can't even believe, you know, I'm listening to your show, and I'm working on the game, and the game's, you know, a first-person shooter, all takes place in the Middle East, you know, mm -hmm. with all of these overtones, all the overtones and political overtones that you can think of coming from the Middle East. The propaganda. And, uh, you know, and uh, just by, you know, and the server that we're working on, the whole game, it's, it's called Huxley 6. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, I couldn't believe it. And uh, just before the game starts on each of the intro levels, they have little quotes, and, and quotes from who? Bertrand Russell, yeah. Plato. You know, I'm surprised they didn't throw in Albert Pike. You know, oh, he'll come. He'll come down the road. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm I'm listening to your show, working on this game, and and as we're working on this game, we're getting a parade of these politicians coming through. Yes. The mayor of Los Angeles. You know, uh, the, the governor. You know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's coming to the company to see how the game is doing. Yeah. I mean, this is a game. It's but you it's know, very important. Is... It's very important to the ones at the top, and, and it's not the only company that's giving me information. They're doing this to all the major ones because they're all they don't know it, but they're all working together. They're all working together because information is fed to higher levels and then fed down to you. <laughs> well, I never wanted to believe this. I always defended video games that they were outside of this uh, of the control of that system. You know, but this last game, I mean, parts of the game just made me sick to my stomach. You know, playing it yeah. triggers all of those psychopathic, you know, me uh, psychological triggers. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get points for staying alive. If yeah. you just survive, you don't get points. You get points if you kill. Yeah. You know, it's designed this, and, uh, you know, just the effects of the game was just, you know, it was just, it was just wild, you know. Yes. Um, anyway, you know, I, I just, I, I was so shocked, at the, you know, making this game and listening to your show. And I bookmark your, uh, you know, Cutting to the Matrix show on all the computers yeah. at the, uh, you know, at the development company. I won't say the name, but everybody knows Call of Duty. If they're listening to your show, yeah. you know, they're yeah. going to be, uh, you know, affected by that game. and. I okay. guess my question is, you know, you get all this stuff coming at you. Yeah, hang on, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll finish this after the next break. Thanks. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix and we're, we're talking to Dan from California who's involved in making you some of these types of games and, and you, you had a question you wanted to, to ask. Well, I guess the question is, you know, I've been listening to this show for a while and everybody calls in, you know, you have all this information about everything that's coming down. It's all true. You know, people ask me, where's the future of video games going? I say, listen to, go to cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find all about, you know, you'll learn all about the future of gaming. And people want, you know, like the question is, well, how do we stop this? What do we do about that? You know, and as I began to think about that, I thought, okay, well, well I'm going to study karate, you know, because we got the Blackwater guys moving in right down the street from us. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, I got to get my kung fu together. And then thinking, well, these guys got bulletproof vests and M16. (laughs) You know, you better start going to the firing range, right? So then you start going to the firing range. But, you know, in order to fight these guys, you know, you have to shoot first. Yeah. You you, you know, you you can't wait to counter shoot. And see, this has been the the problem all down through the ages. Uh, You always get the people at the bottom fighting the organized army from the people at the bottom, because they're they're just the offspring of us, you see, who are trained and brainwashed. And the guys at the top sit back and laugh at this because they don't take part in actual physical stuff. But but what they do need, and this is the big trick to everything, they, they need us to acquiesce to everything they want us to do in the society that they, they lead us into. And, and, it, and so in other words, they need our permission. In fact, they want us to be enthusiastic about going into this brave new world. And we've got to start and, and turn around now in our private lives and start saying no to different things that they demand from us, regardless of how many people in the majority go along with it. Those who have functioning brains uh, have to use them and simply say no. And you'd be surprised how that starts to grow. Most people are, are followers. And when they, when they see someone standing up and saying, no, that's enough in this particular direction or that direction, uh, then they, they feel a bit more courageous and, and they'll, they'll, they'll change allegiance uh, to, to those who are standing up and saying no. And that's what we must do in a peaceable way because they need us to acquiesce to every part of this agenda or they lose it. Well, that's the big question. You know, how do you fight the psychopath without becoming a psychopath? You can't just become one, um, and you must use uh, the traits they don't have. They don't have uh, love for their fellow man, for instance. So you have to be real with yourself. And if you truly feel uh, the caritas, as they call it, for, for humanity... You must show it and let people know. And, what was and that word? it's all right to show it. It's all, see, the society we've been create, that's been created has, has made us isolated, and so we're afraid of showing how we feel about other people. It's time that we, we regained that and brought it to the surface. Alex, did you say caritas? Yeah, it's a, it's a found, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's love for your fellow human, basically. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I'm pretty, you know, it's pretty scary to love one of these Blackwater guys coming through and saying, you got to have the chip. Oh, I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about the general public that you want to help, not not these guys. These guys are conditioned, and uh, and when they've had enough slaughter and all the rest of it, it's only then the shock sets in and they go to pieces. Uh, that's what conditioning does. It's very scientifically done to them. 
they're like robots, and that's why in all the Star Wars movies that you had, the series of Star Wars, they're always portrayed almost like robots. They're faceless numbers. They're just uniform. That's what a uniform is. It's all all becomes one. They're not individuals anymore. They're uniformly made. So you've got to bypass them and go to the ones above. And it's the ones who lead them and demand that, that you give allegiance to this system that you must stand up to and say, no, we're not going along with this because we know what's happening. These are the guys we must go to. The, not the, the soldier at the bottom has got to be bypassed, or you simply have, have, have the guys at the bottom fighting the guys at the bottom, as always. Yeah, you're really starting to go beyond, like, you know, you, you almost go into spiritual, occultic type of, you know, like a war that's happening, you know, um, beyond the physical sometimes, I think, you know. We're in it. We're in it. Uh, the, there's more to humanity the, than, than at least there used to be for most the, than simply the basic instincts. And, um, and they can be brought out again in people, too. We see this in times of real disasters, not the man-made ones. People naturally want to go and help each other. They do that naturally because it's a survival instinct. By helping others, you help yourself. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's the only way with this, with this kind of humane type of, you know, this kind of empathy that you talk about on your show as, a, as almost like a weapon against yes. the psychopath. It is a weapon because what they have tried to do, they've been pretty successful, is to get everyone into a psychopathic culture of dog-eat-dog dog until we are isolated from everyone else and we, we walk past people in the streets without helping them if they fall down. That, that's, that's the society that's been created and it's all wrong. It's not, it's not human. It's not human or humane. And it's time that we regain that because we are capable of doing it. Well, Alex, I mean, when I run into these guys, especially these, you know, the politicians coming through with their security guys into my little game company, and they got real guns, you know. Yeah. I mean, my shackles go up, yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, I want to stop them from hurting people. Yes, and but we've got to do it now before it gets to a stage where they will start hurting people. And that's what we see happening. Or They've made the, the superstructure, they're getting everything in place for something they know is coming step by step as they unleash a form of hell on us and then offer us the solution. And that's why the Department of Defense in Britain, uh, the top think tank, projected nothing but riots by ordinary people in all countries for the next 20 to 30 years. What on earth do they have planned that's going to cause such chaos. Well, they, this is a hundred years war, according to Rumsfeld and others, and they plan to have their whole brand new system of the new Borg all, all complete by the end of that hundred years. So we've got to say, no, we're stopping it right now. That's and sometimes it makes me sick that I've been part of this. I made these games. Well, you know, this again is a system we're in. This darn thing called money they've given people uh, no other way to get, to, get, to get through this system without money. I had and to do that to buy your DVD, you know? People get compromised. Uh, people become sharks themselves because they're terrified of poverty. That's what money does in a moneyed system. You're terrified of poverty, and, and that's what makes you inhumane to your fellow man. Well, I'm really happy that you have this show. It has, a, it has the reverse effect of those games. Yeah. When I listen to your show, somehow I calm down and, you know, I begin to think differently and read differently and, uh, yeah. it's you know... It's deprogramming, and, and that's what we need is lots of deprogramming 
to regain that which we're capable of having. It's innate within us. It's time it woke up and regained its right in this world. Yeah, anyway, I hope a lot of my uh, co-workers and, uh, you know, uh, are, are going to your website and looking at it, you know, because, um, you know, we're right. We're in the belly of the beast. Yeah, you know? and a lot of people are compromised and a lot of people are going through problems at the moment with their conscience as they understand what they're actually involved in. So yeah, thanks, I hope. thanks for calling. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Bye now. And we've also, we've also got Steve in Ontario. Are you there, Steve? Hello, Steve. Yes, I'm here, Alan. Yeah, can you go ahead? Good evening. Uh, and another uh, example of what I think would be predictive programming. Um, I know you touched on this last weekend. Um, I, there's a game called Shattered Union, which uh, is forecasted in the future. I think it's uh, probably about 2015 or somewhere around then. And it talks about uh, terrorism in the U.S. and martial law is the theme of the game and how some of the states uh, seceded from from the U.S. Uh, Very interesting just to go to, uh, if you were to search on Shattered Union, and you could see flash videos of the video game. I think it came out about a year ago. And uh, it's almost like, like I said, a predictive program of of what may be to come, which is interesting. And... uh, it, it may be a game that was released from, from some of the, the big um, game developers. Yes, uh, on that it, topic. before that even came out, uh, some years ago there was a movie came out. I think Bruce Willis was in it. And I never went to see it because I knew exactly what it would be all about. And sure enough, it was a lockdown of an entire city by the military long before 9-11 came along. And it was getting everyone ready uh, for uh, what was happening today with the military in charge and martial law and all the rest of it. So this is all, all, all of these things together are parts of the same predictive programming so that the generations who grow up in it, do you realize that shortly people will, young people will, will think it's always been this way that you went to a subway and there's guys there with machine guns and all this and, and searching people. They'll think that's the natural way because it's all they will know. It's all they will know. And that's why we have to stop this now before that generation gets to that stage. Because once that's happened, the following generation, uh, it will be even easier with them. That will be the natural being searched and and, uh, scanned and all the rest of it everywhere you go. And and that's what they intend to do. And they're on their way. We've got to stop it now. And it's all predictive programming. that they're, They're giving these games out to the children, getting them ready for it. And they'll think nothing of it. It'll, it'll seem quite natural as we go into uh, a totalitarian form of existing. You know. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yep, I'm still here, Alan. Yeah. I uh, I have another question, but uh, it'll steer you off topic. So maybe I'll, I'll call in another show. Yeah, you can go ahead. There's time, I think. Okay. Um, the uh, the three stars pointing to Sirius uh, mm-hmm. December 24th. Yeah. One thing um, I would like information on, I've been trying to, to do my research on this, the, uh, the rise of the sun, um, which basically is, is parallel with the southern crux, mm-hmm. um, which is not seen in the northern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't find uh, an accurate answer to that, if you can maybe talk about that in a later show. Yeah, well, with the three stars are serious, and I thought that was 10 years ago, and I know there's, there's even Orion videos out now with that in it, although they got some of it wrong. But that's the three wise men, of course, you see. Right. And 2,000 odd years ago, there's a perfect alignment of the three stars, and Venus was there, 
uh, in the middle of the horns of the moon, exactly at midnight on, on that particular date in December. And that's where that came from. The rest of it is the dog follows, which is Sirius. So the three wise men uh, 2,000 odd years ago were following, it was actually Venus, and uh, uh, that's the belt of Orion. That was a perfect alignment, and it only happens every couple of thousand years. But Sirius follows on, and in Egypt, um, Sirius uh, uh, heralds the coming of the floods of the Nile that brings life to the land and brings down all the, the rich, rich um, uh, soil in its water that nourishes the land all the way from the mountains of Uganda. And so at that time of the year, too, uh, Orion would rise, and then Sirius was seen in the morning rising up towards the sun, trying to become bright as the sun, they called it, so they had little allegories about him. And, uh, and then he was overcome by the sun. But does the, the southern crux uh, fit in here, or is this maybe some misinformation that's been out there? <clears throat> yeah, in, in midwinter, remember their winter is a different time, but in midwinter um, uh, the, the sun goes uh, as usual east round southwise to, to the west again, and in midwinter it would appear to hang there in the early morning, and you still see the southern cross there. So he, he, the, 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 the god, the sun, the S-U-N, the son of the sun, or S-E-N in Egyptian, would, would actually hang uh, on that cross for three days before, and would, ne- would never go further to the north to the, and, and west. And after three days, he started moving up again, and that meant that the midwinter was past and, and life was coming. He was born again. And, and sorry, just quickly, where would this be visible when you would see the southern crux? <clears throat> you would see in parts of um, below the equator. Okay, I see. Below the equator. Okay, thank you, Alan. That's it. Okay. Bye. So that's, um, that's the world we live in where, where knowledge is hidden. And most people go through their lives having extraneous knowledge, knowledge uh, trivial knowledge and conditioning. And sure enough, um, as Brzezinski said, their, their topics of conversation are given to them on the previous night's news. And that's what they talk about at work the following day. They talk about affairs in Hollywood and the stars, not realizing there's whole departments of propagandists just churning this stuff out. It doesn't matter if it's true or not, as long as you eat it up and talk about it. It keeps you from thinking about real things or even your own personal life or what life is, or what happiness really is. We're told in a commercial system, happiness is having it all, which is an impossibility. In fact, if all these things you buy worked out as the ads tell you, uh, you'd given up buying long ago because you'd be so darn happy. There's nothing. You can, how happy can you become once you're happy and exuberant? You can't go any higher. Now I've got John from Texas on the line. Are you there, John? Yeah, hi, Alan. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yes, uh, I have a real quick question I wanted to ask you, and, and I'm going to hang up and listen. Yeah. Um, I heard you say on an, on an old blurb that uh, uh, they, they may have taken something out of the, the uh, book, The First Global Revolution. Yeah. And then... Uh, oh, and then, yeah, on uh, the Google. On the Google, apparently on Google there's some free books. And I'm a sorry. caller got in touch with me and noticed that uh, 30 pages were missing. And wow. they hadn't even uh, hidden it. They just ended at a certain number and, and 30 pages on resumed. Uh-huh. So be very careful when you look up some of these email. Try to get a used copy. Yeah, you can still get used copy. But understand, when, when I got mine, uh, I uh-huh. got it used for 75 cents. And whenever I mention books, they suddenly just go shoot up in price. 
as people go and get them, someone complained they're up to eighty dollars now for a. Well, coffee. I just got Ghost in the Machine. I paid fifty-six bucks for it. Really? Yeah, but I mean, it's not the money. I mean, I really want to be able to uh, try to convince people. Uh, that's why I'm I'm buying all the books that that you recommended on on, on all your uh, blurbs. Yeah. Because I I've been writing them all down. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm uh, just trying to. Uh, I'm not checking you out. I mean, I believe every. I, I believe what's going on. There's no doubt in my mind about it. No doubt at all. Yeah. It's just that I'm I'm looking for good information and to to put forward to put in front of people's faces and say, here, read this. Yeah. And my one last question is, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go hang up. And before I do that, I, I like to say I really appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, <clears throat> my my question is is. Uh, I'm halfway through the um, the, uh, the book, the Grand Chessboard, yeah. and I was looking for the uh, part where they said they were going to go in the uh, Iraq, and then uh, I mean Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, and and uh, Syria, and I can't find it, but uh, but I'm only halfway through. So yeah, you have to keep um, going, and and you'll find too it's scattered. They don't sit down and, and you see these things are written for the exoteric and the esoteric. Yeah, and so okay. for the big boys who are involved. You know, it's like reading the Bible. You have to read through all the boring stuff. We're almost falling asleep, and then you catch something mm-hmm. that's important. That's how they write these kind of books, where actual laws or real details are put in there. Or you, you, you'll find a politician's memoirs or something, or some high bureaucrat. They, they tuck it in amongst the boring stuff. We're back with more after the following messages. Bye. Take care. Bye. Another place to find the, the, the countries that they wanted to go through, if the website is still up, it's the little club that was formed by those who are in power right now in the U.S., at least who appear to be in power, and that's the project for the new American century because they also went through different countries that they wanted to get involved with, shall we say. And the old British Empire, they used to call them problems, like the Turkish problem and so on. Uh, and that's how it's referred to in the writings of today. It's always a, a problem, a Middle Eastern problem or the Iranian problem, etc. That's what they mean by that. When they have problems, they want to fix those problems, which generally means that they want to take over the entire structural system over there, wherever over there happens to be at that time. And believe you me, uh, the boys who plan ahead the decades and even the century, perhaps, uh, they'll have many wars lined up after that. We're, going, we're just living a schedule. We're living through a schedule right now as they go through their formula. But they already have their targets after uh, Iran and, and Syria and so on to standardize the whole planet for, for peace, you understand, for peace. And then, of course, we'll all be in our little matrix and living in a fantasy world where we are totally predictable, and as they hope, and, and they know it's true, it will prob- most folk will enjoy it. Most folk will actually enjoy it as they get gradually led into it. More so when they step up, 
crisis after a crisis because uh, we all need escapism now and then. And we like a little bit of fantasy to escape from the harsh realities of life. The problem with the fantasies they give us is predictive programming, which leads into the next part of real life that they've planned for us. That's the problem. And not so long ago, families used to sit and discuss before the television sets. Uh, they'd have little stories to tell each other and things like that. And yet storytellers and people would communicate with each other. And that was a healthy type of entertainment or they'd sing or play an instrument and so on. Uh, that's all been changed. If you notice, all entertainment is done by professionals now, outside of your control, and when you get entertained by them, you're actually being programmed by them, uh, and that's cultural creation, as they call it. So I'm very careful about the books. I recommend I try to, to uh, get it out quickly when I'm, I've got another book I'm going to talk about, before the guys who have all these books jack up the prices and really take advantage of the situation. And there are also some uh, groups out there on other radio stations and so on that actually own publication houses where they buy obsolete books. So I try not to go into what they've got to offer because they really soak you for, for the, the, the reprinting these, these books. When they're obsolete, they don't pay any royalties on them so they can churn them out and often they get made in China or India or something for peanuts. And then you pay for it all. Now, for those who want to support me, look at my website because that's how you keep me going. I don't have a, a staff here to, to do all the stuff that most people do. I don't plan my talks. I sit down here five minutes before I start, and it just happens to flow, which is the only natural way to be. That, otherwise, it'd be commercialized, and I'd be entertaining you. I'd be in the business. And time is getting short. Now from Hamish and myself up in the snowy Ontario, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>